What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. Jesus Christ, what is what am I doing over here? <laughs> hey, man, we just rolled through the intro. I'm at Innsworth High School with my buddy John Klinsman. How you doing, my man? Good, BJ. How are you? Man, I'm glad to have you on again. We are sitting high atop your beautiful new football field here at the uh, stadium, and uh, it looks wonderful, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Appreciate you coming out. Yeah, well, we're going to get into a lot of the uh, transformation and things that uh, have gone on and talk about the field. We're uh, in the press box, and I feel like we should be calling a game or something. But, uh, man, how you been? How's things going? It's been busy. Yeah. Um, not knowing what the next week holds. Has been a struggle. Yeah. Um, it felt like the first game of the season came out of the blue. Yeah. But we knew about it for, what, six months? We knew it was coming. Yeah. We just – it's hard to plan for something when it's changing weekly. Yeah. Well, man, it, it, this is – we've been doing – it's been just crazy. Everything's been going nuts. I don't know what to, to think about everything. Everybody's busy. Uh, I know I've been certainly busy running around ragged and things like that. But, uh, you know – it looks like you got uh, – what did you have, your first uh, game here just the other day? First game was Friday night. Yep. Um, it's, it's amazing to say whatever Friday's date was. Um, yeah, 25th, it I think. It doesn't matter what the <laughs> date was because whatever day you listen to it, it changes. Yep. Um, that September 25th was our first home game. Yep. We're typically – I mean, last season this was game five. That's what I was going to ask. What, where, where would you normally be? We were at game five. Yep. And uh, – in a normal season or game three or, you know, we're halfway yeah. through a homestand yeah. by the time game one rolled around. Yep. And uh, we had game one on Friday night and everything went great. We, yeah. the boys were out of here at 10 o'clock. I think I left about 1130 yep. after double mowing. Um, no divot walk, yeah, which we'll get into that. I'm sure here sure. in a little bit, but uh, it's pretty great. Pretty great feeling knowing everything went off without a hitch. Yeah. So the first question I'm going to ask is, okay, so the season was delayed. Uh, you know, you're in somewhere between game three and game five, you normally would be. If you started the season on time, given everything you went through, and we'll get into all that, how would how would, would you have been okay? Would have been great. Yep. Um, so typically the third week of August is game one at home. We always open at home. Um that third week of August, I think we were we were in great shape. Uh -huh. um, I would say some things went downhill from there. Yep. You know, um, one of my employees lost his father uh, oh, sorry, during that, that stretch. Okay. And so when you're working with you and one other guy at a facility the size of this place, yeah. you, you let things go sometimes. And yeah. we, uh, we had a few uh, scalping issues. We had a, 
a mower mishap where it wasn't mowing correctly. Yep. And it wasn't one of the, it was one of those things I should have caught, but because we were so busy, I didn't pay enough attention to it. Yeah. As soon as I got, got my guy back, um, I was out here watching him mow yep. instead of me being the one mowing and I could see what it was, took it to the shop, fixed it. And that was Monday of game week. Yeah. So you're trying to recover from a, from a scalping issue and, um, get everything else done. We had rain come in last, I believe, Wednesday afternoon yep. and stick around till about midday Friday. So we had to up all of our, our painting. And as you see, it's not a light amount of painting that we do here. Sure. Um, so we had to up it all. And then we were painting into Friday afternoon. I think Friday at three o'clock, we finished everything that needed to be done yeah. for the game to start at seven o'clock. Well, it looks great. I mean, again, I, I can't tell you how much work I know you, you put into it and, and how proud you are of it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately the season got delayed. I know you probably wanted to show it off and have a normal season, normal amount of fans and things like that. But, um, you know, we'll get to that. But, uh, man, kudos to you to, to everything you went through. And um, I'm, I'm glad you got your first game under your belt. And sounds like everything went well. Went great. I think the, uh, the school did a, a fantastic job of – they had a limit – how many people could be here, but we still had a lot of folks here yeah. um, on both sides. Sure. We had a, we had a good student body presence, which always keeps the game entertaining, yep. especially against your arch rival. Yep. Um, they were able to space them out. They used, they used the, um, the deck back here behind me of the natatorium. They used the, g the gym deck. Um, they had some in these stands, you know, they, they spaced them out really well. I was really proud of the work that the school as a whole, put in to make sure. sure we could have people here yeah i mean let's hope we get back to normal at some point but i think everybody's doing their part you know i think everybody's i think we're doing what we have to do whether our political views agree with it or disagree sure we have to um we have to do what those that ask us to do want us to do sure so if if i'm asked to wear a mask then i and it and it means we get to play football and have people at home yeah then i'm gonna wear a mask yeah. um it, if it means, you know, um, we have to do extra things, we have to have extra wear and tear on some of these sports fields so the kids aren't inside together for fitness class, then we're going to take the extra wear and tear and next spring we'll start fixing it. Yeah. You know, um, those things are worth it to me to actually have people here because when there's nobody on this campus to see the beauty, it, uh, it puts you in a bad place mentally at times. You for know? sure, for sure. Well, the kids back in school, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, kids are yeah. back in school. Um, there is a virtual option, but not many people are taking advantage of that. Gotcha. Um, we've done a – our quad has tents set up for, for uh, lunches and stuff like that. Yep. Um, there's a lot of difference in the community of Innsworth, but the one thing that has pretty much held true is it's still a great community to be yep. a part of. So when you can put a football game on, you know, um, you do it. Sure. And – uh our biggest thought was normally for game one, we don't, we don't paint the end zones. We do typical numbers, lines, hashes, midfield logo, and we kind of let it ride. Uh -huh. um, you don't know when the last one's going to be, Yeah, you know, right. because games are dropping like flies right now. Yep. So I told the boys, we're going all out. We're going to do everything that we should be doing at this point of the season, whether we uh, make some mistakes, which – Oddly enough, it wasn't the crew that made the mistakes. It was the captain of the crew that made the <laughs> mistakes this week. And, and that's okay because yeah. we were able to fix those things. Yeah. Um, but luckily I had a crew that was firing on all cylinders to get everything else done. Yeah. Well, let's um, 
you you're a, you've been a big supporter of me and doing this podcast. It's your third time on. We've talked about a lot of things, and you've got a big campus. But I want to focus on the project that you went through, some of the things that you talk, um, that you had to had to get done, uh, the the choices between grass decisions and things like that. So I don't know where you want to start, but let's just start kind of at the beginning, the decision making process, because we touched on it, and I think in our previous that there was you hinted that some things might be coming along. Now you can kind of talk about what you went through, kind of what you did. You know, feel free to, you know, because somebody might, out there might be facing a, um, a field, uh, you know, renovation of some type. So let's talk about the, uh, what you did, man. All right, let's go. Um, so let's go back to the podcast number one. Yeah. Let's start there. At the very end of that one, you made a, a comment. You know, you were asking me when I thought we might be able to uh, change out the stadium grass because we had talked about it was TIFF sport and it, it just wasn't a yeah. great grass. Um, and, I knew at that time there was a possibility. I just wasn't sure, so I didn't want to really discuss it at that time. Yep. Um, shortly after that podcast, though, you know, I sat down with the powers that be, and we, we discussed renovating the stadium. And it wasn't just the grass that, that needed some loving. Um, the drainage um, at the base of the hill on the school side of the field, was it, it would just puddle. The sidelines would puddle. Yep. Um, just a lot of – just a lot of minor details that over 16 years become a problem. Sure. Um, so we, um, we made the decision to go to, to renovate it, um, and then COVID hit. So the original um, renovation date was going to be June 1st. That's when we were going to start because that's when school was out. Graduation would have happened, and it had been time to rip it out. So gotcha. we, were, we were talking about almost two months of, of grow-in time. Um, school let out and we were told there would be no graduation in May. So, um, of course I immediately go to, to my boss and, and ask if we could start our project early, right? More time, the better. Right. So, um, we ended up, I got with Ryan over at sports turf solutions and, um, I asked him if we could start May one and he, he loved the idea, you know, it's just like for us, the more time, the better. Sure. They start getting busy sometime around June, just where they're they're completely booked. So we were able to get him in um, basically May 1, um, right, before the, right before that, probably two weeks before that, you know, we started killing off the TIFF sport. Yep. Um, we used Fusillade and Roundup every couple of days. Just didn't want contamination, of course. Um so brought them in May 1. They started taking it out, regrading it, tilling it. Um, we added some drainage down behind the field goals and in a couple of the corners to help out with some puddling issues. Um, had um, aqueduct come in, and we did some valve replacements. Gotcha. So every line, there's, um, there's eight valves on the field, and every line has a shutoff at that particular zone. So that if there's ever an issue with one, I can still have the others running and be working on on the one. Gotcha. Um, got all that done. Scheduled a trip with uh, Michael Brownlee to drive to Memphis to um, Winstead Farms to see to see what we had decided on. And at that time, I was going latitude. I thought it was a good grass. It was the right price. Because um, even though you're at Innsworth, you have a budget. Yeah. And uh, thought it. I thought it was a great option. So we went up there uh, in the pouring rain, 
and walked their, their latitude fields, and I was excited. But before we left, I asked to see Tahoma, and um, Doug Estes just kind of smirked. He <laughs> said, yeah, let's go see it. They weren't pushing that on you at all? Well, Whit, Whit, Davis, about it before? Whit Davis had been pushing it on me. Not pushing it on me, but telling me it just was the best grass on, in the yeah. market. Um, and the price difference was a little more than what I could budget for at the time yeah. with all the other little things I wanted to do to the field. Yeah. So I don't mean to stop you, but, I mean, I got a lot of people that listen to this, but we're going to have to – explain what latitude and all that is a little okay. bit more so because i mean i know everybody we know what that is a bermuda grass but but I, I you know so we're talking about latitude 36 bermuda grass you swapped out from tiff sport which was yep. a, an inferior in my in, in my opinion i mean i i mean you know we could call it an inferior yeah. but to be fair it's an outdated product yeah it's, that's you a know, better term it's, probably it's um yep. everything we're, we're learning with technology we're learning with just usage what these grasses need sure. and tiff sport just wasn't where it needed to be anymore yep. you know with the amount of play these fields get with the level of expectation these fields get that just wasn't where we needed to be right. it didn't have a good color to it um we got it dense but it didn't want to naturally be dense right. so that was a battle too when you're trying to get a grass that is thinner to be thicker it's it's tough so how would you compare the divot I know you've only had one game on this, but was it – I mean, I, I can only imagine it was probably pretty rough. With Tiff Sport, we were here two and a half to three hours. Yep. Um, I would say we used about 400 pounds of divot mix. So we would we use a green sand that um, Simplot provides us. Sure. We add some fertilizers and the granular wetting agents to it. Yep. We would use about 700 pounds of product per game with Tiff Sport. Um, we had two fillable divots Oof. on this field Friday night. So I just told the boys to go home. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're not even staying for those. We'll yeah. get those. Um, when, when a team would walk onto the field with Tiff Sport, everybody thought it was an amazing field. Um, the University of Alabama, your, your boys were here, were here last year, and uh, they got into an argument with our head coach saying that it was an artificial field. And so he had to bring them down onto the field <laughs> to show them that it was not. With that said, you walked on the tip sport with your cleats on, and it looked like horses had run across it. Yeah. Um, you didn't see wear and tear on this field Friday night until midway through the first quarter. Maybe towards the beginning of the second quarter, you could start to see it had been used. Yeah. But it never looked... As at, the, at the end of the fourth quarter, Friday night, it looked better than it did for warm-ups with Tip Sport in. Yep. If, that, if you can imagine, though, you know, you're talking sure. three hours of football being played yep. versus an hour of warm-ups, yeah. and it was still better. I think this is a critical point about renovations, whether you're on a golf course, in a sports turf situation. There's – better opportunities, better uh, uh, selections in, in certain aspects of what you're trying to do that not only make things better for you, but reduce labor, cost in some ways, maybe reallocation of those resources. But that's an important point is that you were faced with a product that you were doing really well with. I mean, let's, and to use a kind of analogy, I mean, there's guys that still have pin cross bent grass, one of the original bent grass greens out there. They do really well with it, but there's 
way better products out there these sure. days. So the same thing with you, you, you know, you, you were doing really well with a, um, an outdated Bermuda grass and you realize that there's a need to make a change. And, and then you have to not only decide that that's a, uh, something you want to do, but you also have to rectify that decision or sort of make your case for why that's going to be and the ability to go home, to save labor, to save resources, or to reallocate those in some way to do other things is a big, is a big point, I think, uh, that I don't want to kind of leave out there. Well, you and I discussed it personally, just privately over the phone, texting a lot. And it, it, wasn't, um, it, wasn't a tough, it wasn't a tough sale to get the school to change. Yeah. Um, what, what was important for them to know was that we could get better. Sure. And we were great last year. Like uh, this field last year was hands down one of the best fields for seven games in eight weeks that you would ever see. Um, but it took a lot of work. It took a lot of inputs. And Tiff Sport loves water uh, and hates heat. <laughs> so in Middle Tennessee, you need something that you can cup, maybe not use as much irrigation, but take all the heat that you can get. Now, right. the only thing I'm disappointed in is I didn't get to see that this year. We had a wet summer. We had rain every other week, yeah, if not brutal. every week. Um, so I didn't get to compare those numbers of how much I would have run. Um, but I can tell you, in, in some of the drought situations that we saw, this, this Tahoma loved to be dry. Like, it really enjoyed that, you know, almost getting to that, what you would call the wilting point, yep. watering it, and the recovery it would show up immediately the next day yeah. was fantastic. You know, and of course, we throw the moisture meter on it just to see where it's at. And yep. I like to know where the wilting point is, so I know... I like to play the game is what if I don't, what if I don't water tonight, what happens? And, um, we got to play that a couple of times, not as much as I wanted to try, but you know, well, it's new. I mean, you're, you're playing with a new, new toy. It is. You can do that down the road when you a little bit more established. So I I derailed you a little bit on your process, but, uh, so you, um, you take me back to kind of where we were, what you were talking with wit, the, you were at the field at Winstead's, you, your idea of maybe going with Latitude 36 kind of took a, a pause and you were and uh, they wanted to show you the Tahoma. Well, we went over and we, we looked at the Tahoma and we're talking, this was, um, this was early May. So yep. Bermuda's not, it's not where it needs to be yet in May. And, and we're uh, in middle Tennessee for those people that are listening right. all over the place. Well, Memphis is, yeah. is East Tennessee, yep. but, um, the, the Tahoma was leaps and bounds better than everything else they had on their farm. And so it didn't take a lot of arm twisting from Doug to, to get me to go to it. Honestly, I looked at, you know, we, we had some discussions. I'm not going to get into every bit of the discussions. Um, I don't know that they would want me to. Um, bottom line is when I left, I called Ryan at STS and I said, we're going, we're going to Homa. Um, now let's get into this real quick and I, I'm not going to throw anybody under any buses or, or, or oh, come on, no, man. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But there were some people in the area that did not want me to go to Homa. Nobody at the school because nobody at the yeah. school really knew. Well, I was going to ask, and we can talk about this cause I know where you're going, but we, um, I was curious, uh, about being like the Guinea pig, the first one to try it. Um, so there had to be somebody out there that might've went this direction or are you or do you just you just went out on that limb and somebody, said I'm doing it somebody in the area failed with it okay and um 
And that, that caused some people to try to keep me away from it. But I know what I saw. Yeah. And I believed in what Doug and Witt were telling me. Gotcha. And I knew that if we got it here and it, it, um, it failed, that they had my back. You know, they reassured me multiple times, if you have any issues, we've got your back. Yeah. So knowing that I had them in my corner to where if I had any issues, they would help me correct it, um, it was really a no-brainer. Winstead has a lot invested in this turf. This is, this is what they believe to be the next big grass in Middle Tennessee and the surrounding areas. Arkansas went with it. Arkansas did a fantastic job. They went a little – of course, they, they've got a special – whole special thing built for them right um and if you don't know what it is google it like i i can't even get into it but it's basically it's built in four inch trays and they have their own process i got two inch thin cut sod um on rolls and they we got it installed on a thursday and friday on monday i had it rooting that was one of the issues where it went in the area was it wouldn't root. Yep. Now, I don't know why. I'm not, I'm not here to have that discussion with anyone of why it wouldn't root for them. What I know is I had it starting to tack down on Monday. By that Friday, if I would have opted to mow it with the real mower, I could have mowed it with the real mower. We yep. push mowed it for about two weeks, which that's a lot of push mowing, cool. BJ. How, so how many square feet? Did you uh, actually uh, lay sod? The stadium field is 80,800 square feet, including the hill, which I have videos of STS trying to rip the, the grass off of the hill, yeah. which are very inter entertaining videos. Maybe we ought to put that out. <laughs> um, but including the hill, the island where you come in, and this island behind me, um, which is on the home side, if you're not here looking at me pointing, um, we laid, I think it was about, 81,000 square feet, somewhere in there, uh -huh. um, of sod. We were done in two days and um, began spraying it on Monday. Yeah, so roughly two acres. Yeah. So how, many, how much um, did you lose a piece of sod? No. We, we, I mean, you didn't have to replace anything. We have not replaced anything. Yeah. We had one trouble area at the uh, visitor side gate, which is directly across from us where we sit right now. We had an issue where it just wasn't draining right there. Yep. We came back in. We built it back up. I pulled pulled sod back, built it back up, completely yep. recovered. If you see now, you, you have no idea anything happened. Um, no, we we lost zero zero grass in yeah. the transition. Yeah, that's that was that's kind of where I was going. My point is is that not only was it a, a great renovation process and things went as according to plans you possibly could have them. But you didn't have any real issues with the grass at all. It came in on time. You got it down off the truck on time. I was out here. When was that? Was I out here like the couple of days after it was that? You were out here, I think, after It my had just been yeah. down. I think I had just sprayed, finished spraying they one were, day. Uh, Ryan and the well, – We're still cleaning up. Yeah, they, they were, were still, still cleaning up whenever yeah. you were here. I think one of the areas where we benefited was bringing it in in May. Yeah. We didn't bring it in in extreme heat. Yep. You know, it didn't have to lay in the rolls. And it, I mean, it still point. builds up heat inside that yeah. roll. And we had some areas, I don't know if it was you or if it was um, someone else that was out here walking with me. They were trying to talk me into replacing a spot down here um, at about the 20 
on the home side that just didn't it just got hot in the roll it didn't look good in all honesty i didn't want to do it i wanted to see how the turf would respond to that like how bad will it get before you have to replace it so i honestly was just i wanted to see what it would do what kind of recovery are you going to give me i couldn't be more impressed with yeah well and and bobby and those guys Dave and all those down at uh, Winstead Farms, I mean, Wit, I know a lot of those guys. I mean, they say they're going to stand behind it. They will. But it's a it's a testament to this grass that uh, two acres worth of sod went down roughly and you didn't have to replace a piece of it. No doubt. I mean, you know, and, and honestly, and that's a there's a lot more to it than that. I don't want to sure. say that that's just on them. But, you know, you guys did well. Ryan and his crew did well. And, I mean, you know, I – I've laid a lot of side in my days. That rarely happens. I had a lot of people in my corner on this. I I can't, this is not a project where I'm going to stand up and say, I did this. Um, I kept my crew away from it for a while. This was a me project as far as getting it grown in, right? Like I needed them on these, this other stuff, but I had Michael at Simplot. I had all the boys at Winstead Farms. I had um, Ryan and his guys. Nobody wanted to lose in this. Um, But I think where the guys at Winstead were so invested was they need this to take off, you know, and we're bringing it in. Whether you understand it or not, Innsworth is a premier location. Um, it's It's a beautiful campus, a beautiful school. We have the resources to take care of our grass the way we need to take care of our grass. It was a great place for them to help this grass start over in this area and knowing that they believed in me to do that you know and that was in that conversation we believe in what you do we believe in your aggressive um, cultural practice techniques and stuff we want you to have this because then when another place wherever it may be thinks about going to it we can bring them to you you know and and that's what i want as a as a turf manager Bring your people to me. Bring the doubters. I don't care if it's the doubters, the believers, the I need to seers. Bring them to me because I can show them what I did. Yeah. You know, and I can show them what me and the the boys on the crew continue to do week in and week out. And that's, in my opinion, growing the best field in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Well, it certainly is. I mean, I don't get to see them all. You would, I would, I would rely heavily on what you get to see. But I, I have said that this is by far the best field I've been on. Now, I haven't been on a bunch of them, but it's – I mean, and I texted you the other day when I was at CPA, and I said, this looks pretty darn good. Eric does a phenomenal job. He really does. He's got a great field. Um, Him and I talk back and forth a lot. Mm -hmm. I honestly – I just loaned him some some products to help help him out. Um, We have a great relationship as co-schools. You know, it's a – all these schools that are that are like us, he's at CPA, sure. we're all kind of the same. I'm going to bend over backwards to help Eric if mm-hmm. I can. Um, and he's doing a great job with his North Bridge. North Bridge is a great grass. I have it right here on the practice field, which is directly behind us. Yep. Um, it's a great grass. Tahoma's on steroids. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, you could do the exact same thing to the two fields this field's going to recover quicker. It's going to accept your inputs quicker. Everything about it's going to happen that much quicker. Right. It's like watching Barry Bonds hit home runs. You know, 
this this might be Griffey over here behind us, which is, in my opinion, the greatest baseball player of all time. But this is Barry Bonds, and he's hitting dingers every time he's at the plate. <laughs> I'll go with it. I'll go with it. <laughs> well, I don't mean to hurt your feelings with this one because I know where you stand on it, but was there any pressure to go synthetic? No. At all? Um, so after I got permission yeah. to replace the field, I didn't say anything else to anybody else. I just set it up and did it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't ask. I didn't ask for permission. I just asked for forgiveness. Um, my head football coach sent me a text of the field with no grass on it, and he said, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> so he didn't let That's, anybody know. I didn't let anybody know. That's how quiet I kept it. I mean. The people that needed to know knew, and that's it. And I told him when school shut down, I sent him a text, and I said, Coach, when you get back, things will be bigger and better. And that's all I said. And he's like, sounds good. Yeah. He sent me, and it was his um, – He really didn't know what he was in for. It was one of his athletic um, strength and conditioning coach was out here one day and saw it and was like, what in the world? And that's what he asked the coach. Yeah. And He's like, I have no clue. Yep. So I just kept it, you know, I kept it under wraps. That way, sometimes less involvement, the better. You get, well, you'd have had a lot of people coming at you, too. Sure, I mean, with different things. So, no, yeah. there was never – there's not been one-time discussion of changing this field to synthetic. We are the only field in our division that is natural grass. Now, CPA is not in our division, okay. so they don't count. Um, but we are the only school in our division with – our, uh, a natural grass surface, and it's a home field advantage. I, uh, not to go too s sideways on this conversation, but I heard that the NFL has sent a letter. Now, I, I'm hearing this watching a broadcast, so you got to – I might be paraphrasing, but I believe they sent a letter that – or some communication to all outdoor stadiums to to consider transitioning back to natural grass. And I think they need to. Yep. When you can play a football game – on a field like this, yeah. why do you need – and, you know, we have an artificial field, but why do you need it? Yeah. This field, I guarantee you, is quicker than any artificial field around. Oh, for Guaranteed. sure. I mean, I think that artificial probably has its place for certain specific sure. instances, but not in a situation like this. I mean, you, you've got a closed end down here with this grass right up to the wall. You've got a hill on this end. You just put drainage in and you call it good. I yeah. mean, and, and it's not a whole lot of pressure. I mean – you know, you probably have what? Do you have any extracurricular activity outside of the the games? Yeah, we have. Um, last year we had a lot, but you know we'll host um, pee wee football games on it. We'll host lacrosse That's nothing, game. Though. I mean, well, you say that <laughs> they don't move. A pee wee football game last year we hosted. Parents standing around. No, it was the kids at about the forty, and it looked like the game never moved. Yeah. You know, because they're not they're not moving up and down the field right. like a high school, college, or a professional team would. They're standing in one area. So yeah, I mean, it's wear and tear. Sure. But we host lacrosse on it in the spring. Um, we've hosted soccer on it, which is not technically wide enough. Um, it gets it gets practices. You know, it it gets some extracurricular. It's not yeah. a crazy amount, thank goodness. Yeah. But it does get some stuff. They are talking about hosting a movie night. Come out and watch on the jumbotron. Yeah. Um, but those things are all, if you can control where people sit, if you can control the in and out of where they're walking, then you can control where your wear and tear is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, that's the only question I asked when they asked if it was okay to do it. And I did get the question, is it okay to do this? I said, absolutely. But allow me to move people down the sidelines into their spot instead of just 
wherever. Right. You know, let me control where my where is versus you controlling where my where is. Yeah. So a lot of people would be interested in your grow in process. So you got the grass down on the ground. That's not where the uh that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. What did you do once you started to have to grow it? Well so what, walk me through that process. Let's go back to bare soil. Okay. Because we started yeah, we started treating the bare soil um a couple of days before the sod was laid. So when you, I'm, I'm just asking for my information. So when you stripped everything, did you do anything to the, to the soil? Did you add stuff? Did you bring in sand? How did that? No. So yeah. we just great. We regraded. We actually ended up taking some off. Okay. Um, but we just tilled, regraded, and then I made some applications to the bare soil, some nitrogen applications. Granular. Grain all. Gr- I mean, I imagine it would be all granular at that point. No, I think I did make a spray, and I don't have it wrote down right here in front of me to be prepared for you today. Come on, I believe I made a um, Pilex spray and a Vivac spray for soil, and then I did the exact same spray right after the turf was installed. Okay. And um, I have that in other notes, and that kind of sucks because I thought I had everything in front of me. but I did do some bare soil treatments, and then... Was that just for any lingering stolons well, you know, or anything we had, that was out um, there? Yeah, we did it for that, and then we did the wetting agents. Oh, we, um, we sprayed for fairy ring. We had had fairy ring in the past okay. down here near the natatorium. We sprayed for fairy ring down there just to treat the soil for it, and then we made the, the app once the sod was down just to, just to make sure. Yep. Um, just to, and you could see in the soil where the fairy ring had been. It was a much darker soil yeah. right there. So, yeah, we treated that. And then um, we began spraying on um, 513, which was three days after sod was laid. And it was um, that was the pedigree. The first spray was the pedigree, brilliance, and biophase, which biophase is an organic material. Um, then the brilliance and the pedigree were for the fairy ring. Gotcha. Um, we continued with um, we continued with a lot of um, Transorb K on it, which is a zero zero twenty five product. Um, it got fusion, um, which is a that was a we melted down a nitrogen product into the tank. Uh-huh. Um, more biophase. We we re- I'll get to that in a minute. And then some extreme green just to get. Basically, it's like a I'll sugar have to get water. Brownlee to sponsor this podcast. All these he Simplot, Simplot um, products. Were, now, so you're pretty much Simplot. Those are all Simplot products. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm on every field. We go Simplot, yep. you know, and, and we talked in the first podcast. We won't, we won't delve real deep into it, but Brownlee is one of those people that I 100% believe in. Yep. I know he's got my back, um, just like I've got his, but if something's not right, he's here. If, if, if he doesn't have a product, like if, if the truck's not going to get it here in time, he'll drive down to Birmingham for anybody, it, it, not just me. Right. He's a no, good dude. He, he's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great person to have in your corner. Sure. Um, we don't have to go too much deeper into that. So we sprayed for um, three weeks. Brownlee and I had come up with a plan, a grow-in plan. It was about, a, at the time, it was supposed to be like a 11-week grow-in plan. It <laughs> turned into... 20 weeks or so right. but more better more more, more better more better for you it's more gooder for the grass <laughs> for sure right. um 
lots of lots of organic materials went down lots of foliar apps went down in in the first two to three weeks um the first two weeks we push mowed it every couple days um collected clippings that was always me i never asked the guys to push mow it yeah um we did the lexicon app on week two and then week three we started airifying it so we core airified it week three we top dressed it we rolled it um added some new added some more you know products to sure. to help with this grow in week four you could have played football on it yeah 100 percent could have played football on it but week four we started um we started when start- did you see the seams sort of disappear what about a couple weeks i would say week three they were pretty much gone yeah week four they were almost non-existent yeah um now we still have some undulations in it. There's still some spots that sure. are, are little little not how I want them. You and I have talked about the perfectionist in me. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but you know, we started circle mowing week four. Um, for those that don't know, it's just driving your mower in circles and um, just trying to go any possible direction that you can to mow it. Yeah. Um, verticutting week four. We, we actually top dressed and then verticut. So we verticut a lot of the sand in. Yeah, smart. Um, that, that was a different experience for me. Hadn't done that before. Um, a lot of the things that we did for this whole process were, were new experiences. Um, we kept it as thin as we could, as thin as you could possibly keep this grass for about the first six to eight weeks, yeah. trying to make sure we were getting as much light to soil contact as possible. Um, kept, you know, kept the weeds out, kept spraying for weeds, making sure with that much contact, you're, you're, you're open for weeds at that time. Um, kept those out and just, uh, kept letting the grass do what the grass does. You know, what you put on it and what you put into it is a lot, but what that grass naturally wants to do is also very important and just kind of letting it do what it wanted to do. We, um, by week six, we were down to, we got to 500 by week six. By week seven, we were mowing at 400. Um, we hit a hiccup. One of my guys hit something with the mower. Mower went down for oh. a week or so. And uh, we had to kind of bring it back up because I'm not mowing everything at 400. Right. So we started bringing it back up, and we played football on Friday night at 500, 500. which is half an inch. Yeah. What did um, what 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 is your goal for high to cut? I mean, because obviously, I mean, you're only going to get a few games in before you probably need to raise it. You know. Yeah, we don't play again at home for three weeks. Yeah. Um, I would love to keep it where we're at right now. Yeah. I'm I'm going to let Mother Nature tell me what to do there. Yeah. Um, but my goal was to go down to 350. I don't know if you remember that text conversation. Yeah. You're, you're like, Absolutely. don't rush it. And I wasn't rushing it. Yeah. Like it was naturally this grass wanted to be lower and I was going to let it go lower. Yeah. Um, I truly think we could have played football Friday night at 350. Um, it just wasn't in the cards for us this year. Yeah. That's okay. Do you get to talk about growth regulators at all? Yeah, we can talk about them. It. Um, <laughs> I know some people are like, they get, you know, we've, their, their bosses high above get a little nervous when you start talking about growth regulators. And, and, and that's, a, that's definitely a discussion when you're talking about Innsworth. But 
those people probably aren't going to listen, so I'm not worried about yep. it. But this grass wanted to be a little bushier, um, and, and, it, and it tended that way. It tended to go that way when we weren't spraying the regulators on it. So you went if you went week three or week four without growth regulator on it, you started seeing the scalping and you started seeing the issues you didn't want to see. Yep. So you made sure, you know, we were every two weeks, we were spraying a growth regulator on Just it. Just spoon feeding it every two weeks. Yep. Yeah, that's good. And we never had, you know, we had one issue where we came out of, we started to come out of regulation. That was on me, that yep. we were busy doing other things and I, I couldn't get to it. I should have. I couldn't. Um, I hit it Friday night before a week ago this past Friday yeah. uh, before our first game, and you saw the scalping almost immediately go away. Yeah. Do you know what your rate was on the growth regulator? I do. Um, if you give me one second. No, get your Bible out over there. Dude, I got, I've got the, uh, the Bible of sprays. Uh, Friday night we were at um, 0.25 ounces per thousand. So... Yeah, my math, that's going to be about, oh, I think it's, point two, well, that's 44, 14, 12 to 14, something like that. Yeah, I think it's, I think without doing the math right here, it's 14 ounces per acre, per acre, yeah. but I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, I think you can play around with that once you find out where you're, I've, I've, I've sort of, trying to figure out where the happy medium is with growth regulation. Um, and, I mean, this, this especially if you find a grass that loves it, you can play around with it and yeah. go and crank it up a little I bit. I mean, we were hitting it with growth regulators right off the bat. Yeah. As you know, long, long as you're not bronzing and or you're adding, you know, something in the tank with it, you're good. My biggest concern with the first couple apps, and we went lighter the first couple apps because yeah. it had never seen any at the farm. Um, my, my biggest concern was we would, we would get brown or bronze or yeah. whatever color you want to call that. Um, well, higher cut turf for some reason tends to do that. If you don't have like iron or some, you know, for, some fertility in the tank, uh, you know, you can spray it on greens and I never would really see it. You could spray it by itself a lot of times at a, at such a we, low rate. We don't see it here. Um, we see it here very little. Yeah. And the, the funny thing about that is, is I had a conversation with another guy in the area and he browns or bronzes every time he mows and sprays on the same day. Um, I wasn't seeing that at all. And I, and, but the difference was it's about a three quarter inch cut versus the half inch cuts that we're doing. Yeah. And I think, I think that was the big difference. His reels may not have been sharper. Quite possibly. Could have been something Quite possibly. else. And, and you know, and that's another important factor when you're doing this is you've got to keep your mowers dialed in or you're going to see issues just like we did the week before the yeah. game where it wasn't where we wanted it. Well, I think I was telling you, if you start getting down into that range where you're at that 300, you know, 350, 400, I mean, that's no matter what you're using, if you're using growth regulators or not, you're, you're, you've got a mow. I mean, I don't know if you could miss a day at that yeah. height and, and, and be happy with it. We, uh, we collected clippings for the first six weeks, every, Every mow, we collected the clippings. And, you know, I was trying to keep track visually of how many clippings we were taking off, you yeah. know, either per pass or through the entire field. Um, by week six, I think we were all over the collecting of the clippings, so I just wanted to start mowing. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, we never we, – we once or twice had an extremely full workman pulling out of here. Yeah. 
other than that, we were normally in pretty good shape. And I, I mean, that's a testament to using the growth regulators. You know, this grass wants, you know, it wants to, it doesn't want to go up. It wants to go side to side. It wants to do what it's supposed to do. Right. And you've got to help it. You've got to help it by mowing it low, by verticutting it, by keeping the regulators on it. Yep. Or it's not, it's not going to, this isn't a lazy man's turf, you know. And I, I think you and I talked about that. Northbridge, you can't be lazy with it. Tahoma, you can't be lazy with it. You've really got to beat them up and help them take care of you. Yeah. I mean, the intensity that you're trying to manage them under, it, 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 it comes with a price. I mean, it, it comes does. with – I mean, you've got to be purposeful about what you're doing. I mean, you cannot get behind. I mean, rain days kind of throw wrenches and things, but you've got to, you've got to kind of, you know, stack what you're wanting to do on top of each other because in reality, you're – I mean, you've got two acres of highly intense – mode area here well i'm counting all the stuff you did but that might not be exactly the field but you know you've got you've got basically uh you know a, a golf green in itself out there you got to take care of but you know it's like you you alluded to earlier in this in this episode is you you know you're going to be working harder to get it looking like this to be able to send the boys home on friday night sure. you know and the payoff is amazing because instead of working 18 hours on Friday, you know, we worked 14 hours on Friday. Yep. Well, that's a big payoff on a Friday night when everybody's ready to go home and watch college football Saturday morning. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, we, we typically, with the, the TIFF sport, we're out of here between 1 and 2 o'clock <sighs> on a Friday, Saturday morning. Is that just because you couldn't catch up during the week or you had to, do, you had to get on it right afterwards? The what? TIFF sport – what I discovered was if we filled divots on Friday night, by Friday night they were pretty much filled in. You yeah. know, we had gotten the recovery we needed. If we filled divots on Monday, we lost three days of recovery, and it and you would still see the sand. That makes there. sense, yeah. And I wasn't a fan of, of having the divots sitting there, you know. Um, so it was we're staying late. You know, we that's in lieu of working on the weekends, I'm assuming. Sure. That's what you yeah, mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's send the boys. Let's have the let's work late and then have the weekend off. Sure. That makes um, sense. And, and, and we try to do that. We yep. try to take our weekends, you know, and have family time. And yeah, we were talking before it's being at a school, you know, being here is a community and they encourage you to be with your family. Well, in this industry, it's not encouraged to be with your family. It's encouraged to be on these fields. Well, right. If you do everything you can and you try to do them the right way, let the boys go home on the weekend and have their weekends, but they know that Monday through Friday, they're yours. Yeah. Well, I mean, you spend the majority of your time with the people you work with. You I do. Mean, you lot, I mean, you know, if you're here half the day, I mean, you obviously get, you want that time with your family, but, I mean, you have a lot of time with the people you work with. And not only they got to buy into the process, you've got to all work together for a common goal. I think you and I have discussed it before, but I, I say it, and when I say it, I mean it. I've got the best crew yeah. around, you know, I, and that's why we have the best fields around is yeah. because I got a crew that believes in what we're doing. They believe in me. They believe in the process, and um, they want what I want, yeah. and that's for these these fields to be perfect when these students step on them, whether, whether it's football, whether it's soccer, baseball, or just the quad – no, no matter where our students are at this school, we want it to be the absolute best it can be. Well, sure. and, and I've got a crew that believes that, yep. and that that is huge. Yeah. What is their perspective or thoughts on everything and how it's gone? Is they they sort of enjoying the 
the uh, rewards of everything, all the hard work? They have been. Um, they celebrated Friday night when there was no divot walk post game. <laughs> um, they, um, you know, and they're just like me. They they want these kids on this field. Um, they want the people in the stands to see the field, and we missed it when we didn't have it. You yeah. know, during the spring and sure. early part of the summer. Um, it's, it's what we work for, you know, and if we don't have that, why are we here? Right. You know, so they've, um, they definitely have enjoyed this a lot. Um, during the install process, I of course brought them all out here to, to kind of see what was going on yeah. during like, um, they helped out with some of the drainage stuff, run the new drain line. They helped out with, um, installing the irrigation heads. Um, I just knocked something off the table. All right. Um, they were a big part of it. I said earlier I, I made this a me project, but I meant from the grow-in standpoint of yeah. I needed to be on it daily, so I needed them elsewhere. And they really did a great job of stepping up and doing the other things that I wasn't able to do with them. Yeah, I mean, this was a big undertaking. I mean, and you had a lot riding on it. I mean, you had to – You, I mean, we're a product of our own, you know, successes and failures, and – and we put everything on our shoulders to try to make things work. And it's not that we don't want the crew to help. We need their help, you yep. know, believe me. But a lot of a lot of the decision-making, the pressure, everything falls squarely on your shoulders. If this failed, if if Tahoma just wouldn't have been the grass or yeah. my grow-in wouldn't have been right, it wasn't the boys that take the heat. Yeah. It's John that takes the heat, you know, and, um, and they understood. They understand that sure. part of this. You know, they understand that – their actions, their actions that that they put in on another field, I get the praise for it, but I'm immediately going back to them. Yeah, you know, I've got a I've got a board in the shop where when we get praise, I post it up there. You know, we had several people talking about the field over the summer, like through a text, and I'd print it off and post it on our board sure. so that they got to see those things. You yeah. know, um, field A, which is our soccer field out on the other side of the campus um, was the best that it had ever been, you know, yeah. early this summer. And, and the coach is texting me, telling me that, telling me that the kids are loving it. And I'm able to post that on the board and, because that was them. That yeah. wasn't John. John was over here. The crew was over there. Right. And, and that's a good thing for them, you know. Um, doing those things, buying, buying those little bits of, praise for them helps them when things get bad yeah you know when things aren't going right when i'm pissed off they remember those moments and they can kind of go yeah. back to those and use that as a as a chip out of that sure. you know and and know that we're doing the right things it's just some days aren't as good as others well, yeah i mean and you're the epitome of this but i mean leaders lead i mean you don't you lead by example. I mean, it's easy to sit up and bark orders and tell people what to do, and then go check on it. And but I mean, it's not you're not going to get the you're not going to get the same benefit as if you're in the trenches with them. That's not how I lead. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm definitely. I will not give you a shit job without doing that shit job right along with you. Yeah. You know, and this summer it started off really tough. Um, we had in a stretch of. Of 30 days, we had about 45 irrigation breaks on campus. Um, I transitioned one of my guys to an irrigation tech, basically. Um, 
I was right there with them though, you know, and just about every fix I was in that hole with them trying to figure things out, you know, and it's just a product of the irrigations getting old. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got a 16 year old campus. We've got 16 year old irrigation and it's starting to break more. And we went through a rough spell, but I can't call a company in. We've got to take ownership of that. I can call them in. Sure. But that's ours. That's our problem. Let's take care of it. You know, and, um, it was a rough stretch with the guys. So we're, you know, we're trying to do that. We're trying to grow this in. We're working together on everything. But at the end of the day, there's nobody I would would I would go to battle with those guys over anybody else. That's yeah. that's who I want in my corner when the battle starts. Well, well, that's well said. I hope they get to hear this, and then uh, you can point that out to them. And I, I know they know it, so that's not it's nothing new. But it's good for people that listen to this podcast and people that are in the same situation. Maybe it's uh, something they need to do or it's eye-opening or it's just reassurance that they're kind of giving their crew praise because, I mean, without them, let's be honest, we can't do We can't do we it. We can't do it ourselves. You know, and you and I have talked. We're shorthanded. Yeah. You know, on this campus, it's me and two other guys. So we've got these five athletic fields. We've got five more that we're trying to get going. We've got the artificial field and we've got the campus. And um, we don't have enough people. This summer we brought in um, a student worker, and just so happened it's the headmaster's son. And he worked with us this summer. Um, at the end of the summer when he left, I handed him extreme ownership, and I said, read it. Yeah. That's my – because he would ask me, you know, what, what would you do in this situation as a leader? And I'm like, you've seen what I'll do, I would do. You yeah. know, you've, you've witnessed it. Here's a book. Here is the first tool in your tool belt. For when you get into the real world, he's a senior this current year. He actually came back Friday night and helped us, or Friday during the day, and helped us get the field completely ready. Um, and we couldn't have done it without him, honestly. We needed his help. Yeah. Um, but I handed him the first wrench in his tool belt to help him in life. And and I told him, I said, I said, listen, man, read it now. I said, read it next year. Read it before you get married, because everything in there. It doesn't only go to work and your employees or you as an employee. It goes home with you. If you take ownership, if you take ownership in every aspect of your life, then you're not pointing fingers. You're trying to help fix a problem. And I'm, I'm trying to teach that to different people on this campus, away from this campus. I'm trying to teach it to my son. Yeah. You know, if, um, if my wife and I have a problem, I take ownership of that problem. It was my fault. We all know it was hers. Don't tell her. <laughs> but it's my fault, and I'm going to take ownership for it. The racial tension in this world. Well, let's get let's let's touch on that for just a second. If we all By take all ownership means. in that, BJ. Yeah. If we all say I'm the problem, today I fix it. Then at some point, we start to heal as a country. But the problem is everybody wants to do the you thing. You're the problem. They're the problem. This is the problem. No problems right here right now this is the problem and i'm gonna fix it doesn't fix the whole world right now by me fixing it yeah but if you take that attitude if the guy that's cleaning out that gutter on that baseball dugout over there takes that attitude then we slowly start to heal as a country that's why that book's important that's why i handed it to him and i said read it every chance you get pick it up yep. and if you forget pick it up again because if we did that as a country if we just did that as a society be a much better place to be. Well, I don't need to add any more to that. That was certainly well said. I mean, I think we can all 
use a little bit of, you know, inward uh, look at the person in the mirror kind of attitude and, and sort of start realizing that, you know, that person that you look at um, has a lot more to do with your daily happiness, your daily life, the way you deal with things, the way you look at things, the way you treat people. And if you start with that person and trying to be the best version of that person you can be, like you said, the world will be a better place. I think too many times we want things handed to us, mm -hmm. uh, gifted to us, blaming it on, you know, a lot of people want to blame things on other people. Well, you know, the week before the game, I sent one There's of my, a leaf on the field, man. Come on now. I sent one of my guys over to mow the field, and I said, mow the pattern in it. Told him what the pattern was, and I went away. Yeah. He went against the pattern because his understanding was different than what I said to him. My first instinct was to blame him, and I, I did for a moment. Yeah. But then I realized I didn't come over to show him what I needed. That problem was – a, that was a leadership problem because I didn't show him what I needed. So I took the blame for it. I went to him. I told him what we did wrong, and we corrected it. Yeah. And that's the only way to get better is to correct the problems instead of pointing the fingers. You can't point the fingers at the people. You have to get out here and show them what they did wrong. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you know, in this business, we're all, I mean, in any, anything in life, I mean, bad stuff's going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. They're not going to go your way. Um, there's just, there's just, there's a thousand ways to handle it, but the best way to handle it is to look at it, deal with it, talk about it and move on. You know, okay. there's no, there's no other, there's no other way to do it. I mean, you know, whether you're disciplining your kids, whether they're disappointed in you, uh, you know, whatever your workers, I mean, yeah. you know, and that's, that's what I told, that's what I told our student worker this summer was take this book, yep. apply it to every aspect of your life that you can. Yeah. And I guarantee you'll, you'll enjoy a much better life. Yeah. I promise you, because it's been a big – I wish I would have had it at 17 years old. Man, I love that approach to life because I, I did the same thing for my kids this Christmas, this past Christmas, as, as I told them. I sat down. I said, look, there's not going to be a lot of gifts in life this year or, or for – you know, I want to do something special for you. But I said, I wish that someone would have told me what I'm about to tell you. And I said, I'm going to give you – I'm going to give you some books to read because these are two books that I think if you, if I would have been given at your age, that I would have, it would have changed the course of my life. And then they're, they're 19 or 20, they were 20, 21 and 20 they're That's their age now, 20, 21 and 25. And I said, you know, I just, I think there's more to life than just sometimes just floating through it and going through the motions. So I gave them how to win friends and influence people and think and grow rich. Those two books that I, that I, I believe in, just like you believe in, and I and I certainly believe in owner, uh, extreme ownership. But I mean, that's the type of mentality we need to start looking at in everything we do. I did it for my kids because nobody did it for me, yep. and I wish that I would have been that way. And and um, you know, things would have maybe been different for me. Who knows? But at least it would have. I'd have came out with tools in the tool belt. Bullets in the gun, however you want to look at it, as opposed to just kind of flying blind, you know. And things were a lot different in the 90s. I get it. You know, we didn't have the Internet and stuff like that. But, um, you know. But you know, I think there's something to be said for the way for flying blind at times, too. I, I do, too. You know, you, you learn a lot. But I don't think the kids coming up right now are prepared for that. So I think it's our job as either their boss, their parent, whatever, to help prepare them. Yeah. And then they can learn how to, to do it on their own. Um, 
Let's get back to field topics. Sure. You we, and I are really good at we can go we can go off topic. <laughs> so we were talking about the grow in. Um, is there anything we didn't cover on that? I don't think there what is. What about the top dressing program on it? Because I'm curious. I'm all vertica and top dressing, mowing, you know, obviously your fertility program, but I mean and you got a situation like you got now, I mean, what are you doing from a top dressing standpoint? How often? Nothing right this minute. No. Um, we top dressed eight times after install. Okay. And didn't get it exactly where we wanted it, but time constraints will do that to you. Um, crew okay. size will do that to you. Sure. So it was, let's get it where we want it, and then let's move forward. Um, I had planned on core airifying and top dressing three weeks ago. But the weather turned in Middle yeah. Tennessee at about that point. <laughs> and I thought instead of pushing it and doing it then, let's just wait. Let's just slow our roll. Because the last thing you want to do is cause damage. You know, right. our job is to fix the damage. Let's not cause any. So I just I decided to, to hold off on that. Um, if, if we were a little bit warmer right now, I would probably go ahead and try it. Um, I think it'd be a great way to fill in some some of the smaller divots or smaller tears in it. But I, I think we're at a place right now where we can put that one to bed yeah. and wait until next spring um, and kind of assess what it needs at that time. Yeah. You know, I know there will at least be two to three top dressings in it. Um, very light, more than likely, but we'll also need to try to get some of the undulations out of it right. at that time. But um, real happy with where we got to with it overall as we sit here and watch it get rained on. I know, but, um, man. Where did this rain come from? Do you do a um, – I don't know what the technical term is. There's a, a process by testing the firmness. Yeah. You, so we use a Clegg hammer on it. Clegg hammer. Um, you, yeah. What, and you basically – in the 50s, 60s, 70s, that's real soft. You know, you get up. 75, 80, closer to 90, you're, you're firm. You get over 100, and you're, you're too hard at that point. Okay. Um, I ran the Clegg Hammer pregame in about six to eight locations. We were between 85 and 90 everywhere, which is really good. Um, it was really nice and firm. That was after a lot of rain, so you would, you would expect it to be a little softer. Yep. Um, we added some um, wetting agents. We added Forte to it uh, on Monday. No, let me rewind that. We actually added Forte to it the week before. Um, and, you know, it's basically ensuring no rainouts with that product. But there was no rain in the forecast at that time. Yeah. But I, I said, I'm going to go ahead and do it just to be certain. And sure enough, Wednesday rolled around and it started doing exactly what it's doing right this second. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it honestly was like the – the rain was just soaking right into it. Um, never had, never had any, any real soft issues on it throughout the week. We could probably walk out there right now and it's going to be just as firm as it was Friday night. So it's a great product. It's another ad for Simplot, but it's another great product that they have. All these products from Simplot, the, uh, the wedding age is going to, you know, pay huge dividends for you. I mean, it, it's just, it's just a great tool. Um, you know, you're doing all the right things. I mean, there's nothing, that uh, if anybody was, you know, questioning what you're doing, I mean, as far as everything you possibly do, you're doing it. And, the, and the, uh, you know, it shows. The product looks great. Um, I'm curious. I guess I'm, I'm seeing, like, some lines. Is that just the mowing? 
I guess that's just so a So what lines are you seeing? Are like you seeing? the bronzing type lines or whatever. Well, you, that, do you that's the that? wheel marks wheel from marks, Friday yeah. night. It yep. was it was pretty wet Friday night, and I should have held off my Is that wind. just mud tracking or like a little bit of yeah. bringing up? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you see the lines at like the 40 and the 50, yeah. we, uh, we had a JV game two weeks ago, and we painted number lines instead of the numbers. Yeah. And so you can still see the number lines in there too. Um, yeah, it was it was probably I probably pushed it a little bit, but I wanted to clean it up Friday night. Sure, uh, I wanted to see what it would look like post game normal, yeah. and yeah, probably pushed it a little bit, but that's okay. So, what was the biggest either disappointment or challenge? Probably didn't have any disappointments. So what was the biggest challenge in this process? Um, relaxing. <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah, it. Well, there I, is uh, that. I I can't. Here's the thing. I had several people ask, are you doing your own grow-in? Because, you know, there's companies that will come sure. in and do that for you. Um, I couldn't allow someone else to come in. I'm a professional, right? That's, that's what the school pays me for. I have my, my equipment. I have my spray rig. Um, I couldn't allow somebody else to come in and do what I needed to do to it. Um, but I couldn't relax at the same time. It, it was six to eight weeks of worry constantly. Yeah. Um, is it getting the right amount of water? Am I watering too much? Whatever the case may be. In all honesty, I think Mother Nature took care of me this year. There was there was really no reason to ever worry. Yeah. I just worried constantly. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of Saturday drive-ins. You know, my son would be playing baseball somewhere, and I'd say, let's swing by the school. You know, let's just go lay yeah. eyes on it, make sure it did water overnight or whatever. And um, never had any reason to be disappointed. Um as far as like a, a challenge, I, it in all honesty seems like it was too easy. Not going to lie to you. Um, I didn't have any giant hiccups. Um, and usually if I questioned what I was doing, I would text Michael. You know, I'd say, yeah. this is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? You know, and he, I think you're on the right right path right now yeah. and he was the one i text three weeks ago when i saw that the weather was about to turn you know because we had planned on i had a roller ready to rent so we could re-roll it after we airified it um i had top dress i had top dress material on order and i was ready to go and um i i looked at the extended forecast and i saw lows in the 50s and i said michael i just i don't think now's the time to open it up what what do you think what what are your thoughts and he told me of some times when he made those mistakes of he still wanted to airify, so he did yeah. instead of just waiting. And he's like, I think you're on the right path right here. And, you know, typically it, it's funny because usually he's like, you're on the right path, but I constantly go ask him. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just the only reason I do that is it's somebody that I 100% trust. But, shoot, you've answered your phone during this process. You and I have talked about so many other things on this field that we're not bringing up today. So, I mean, I hope if anybody has any questions, they call me, text me, whatever. Yeah, for um, sure. Because you and I have talked about so many things, and I've got so many notes in front of me. Um, one, I guess one of the things I'd be disappointed in myself in this whole process is, is I took pictures, but I didn't take enough darn pictures. Yeah. You know, I constantly was taking pictures of things, but at the end of the day, there's so many other pictures I could have taken, and it's just you get, you get in such a, a hurry yeah. that you forget you know i my my initial goal was to have a week by week picture of it you know up till now and i don't know that i did that 
you know, it only takes 30 seconds to take a picture, but yeah. you, you're out doing other things. Um, Even in this day and age, documenting something <clears throat> just as a process or whatever, it's, it's so hard to do sometimes, especially yes. when you're in the middle of it. You, you're not stepping away from it, or you got somebody that says, hey, I need you to do this every single day. You know, I mean, would you mind taking pictures, doing this, just because right. I don't have the time to do it, you know? I have everything wrote down. And the plan is to add the pictures to it and add notes yep. and add it to a, you know, a file somewhere, a Google Drive somewhere so that I have it next time. Yep. You know, um, but there's nothing to say that next time it won't be completely different. Right. You know, a completely different set of challenges. This year, the honest challenge was falling behind because of rain. You know, we, we, we try to mow every other day. We were mowing this one every day for a little while. And then it would rain for two or three days in a row and, and we'd get behind and, um, but when you got new sod going down, there's never too much rain. Probably, you no. know, it's probably perfect. You know, came out, came out three, four weeks ago, took a cup cutter, cut a cup, you know, and I've got six, eight inch roots, you know, that that's fantastic. Six, eight inch hairy roots. It's, it's, this is absolute, this was absolutely the best thing I've done since I've been here yeah. is doing this project. Um, I wish there was, I know you and I are skipping over so many things, but it was really a great project. I, I, I appreciate everybody that was involved. I mean, it, it, you, um, Bobby Winstead came out uh, a month or so ago, couldn't have been happier with what he saw. I was seeing things where I did screw up. I was pointing those things out, and he said exactly what you said one day when you came out. John, I think you need to leave the field for a little while. You've looked at it too long. Because yeah. if you're seeing those mistakes – You've looked at it too long, you know, um, trying to regulate that darn hill down there and keep it from growing. So we're not mowing it and scalping it every other day <laughs> was a serious problem. I overregulated. And if you look in the far corner, you see some of that. Um, I just hit it a little too hard a couple of times, yep. you know, and it, it happens. But you're trying you're trying to give the school the best product for their money. And yeah. that's what happens. Sometimes. Yep. So. Now, without divulging any of the finances part of this, how did how did budget wise did you do? How did I came in under? I yep. was about six thousand dollars under budget uh, for what they had told me I could spend, which um, in hindsight was great because they needed to take that money and go elsewhere with it, right? Uh, to do some other projects on the other campus, and coming in under budget on it really helped out. Sure. Um, like I, I said early. Uh, Winstead Farms helped with that too. Um, yeah, it, it that that turned out to be really good. Um, but I mean that my budget included every bit of top dressing material for it because I had that all included yeah. in. It included the entire renovation of the irrigation system, the the removal and install of the sure. sod. So Makes sense. you know the number was high. Yeah. But in all honesty, when I told some people at the school what it was when asked, they were actually shocked at how low that number was. Right. So I, I think that was a good thing. Um, Ryan and the boys let us work on the drainage down here, which cuts some costs. They dug the trench and we worked on the drain, yep. um, which, you know, when you're building a partnership with you know, for these companies, they're building a partnership with you. You're building a partnership with them. It's important for them right. to help you be where you want to be. Yep. You know, and, and I guess the important thing in saying that is, is if you're doing a project like this, ask those questions. You know, I, 
you, you gave me the large scope number. What, what if I come in and do this? What if, you know, what if I do these jobs? How much will that save me? And in doing that, I saved, I saved quite a bit of money. Yeah. And, and Ryan was happy to allow me to use his guys to do those projects too, sure. because it meant we could get them done quicker right. as well. So working with those people, you know, and, and, and no matter who you use, you know, I'm mentioning the people that I use because I owe them a great debt of gratitude, yeah. but no matter who you use, ask those questions, you know, yeah. that, that would be a big thing that I would tell anybody that's getting to do a renovation project like this is ask those questions. Where can I save? You know, what, what could I do to cut some cost? Not cut corners, because that's the last thing you want to do. But what could I do to cut some cost? Yeah. Um, that was huge. Being out here every second of the process. You know, I was out here. I would have to go do something else while the sod was going down or while they were grading. But I was out here 90% of my time for those two weeks of the, the renovation. Yeah. Um, making sure that it was going smooth. Making sure I didn't have any questions or see anything that popped up. You know. Yeah. Um, because... Once it's done, it's really easy to blame the company that did it when a problem arises. But in reality, you're the turf manager. That's your project. No matter who you got doing it for you, you're the turf manager. That's your project. And you can't point fingers at people for poor drainage if, if, you're, if you're the one that's there. You right. know? So I can't, I can't blame them for any problems that I've had if, if I wasn't out here asking the right questions, you know, and I, yeah. I'm not saying that they would have had any issues. I'm just saying you can't point your fingers at people if you're out there with them constantly. Yeah. You got to take ownership in that project, even though somebody else is doing the work. Yeah. So what's the one, if somebody calls you tomorrow or whenever this podcast comes out and they call you and they say, Hey, we're considering a field renovation. What is the one, what's the one thing that you would uh, tell them that they need to consider or take into account or that you've learned through this process is you could pass that along? Is there one thing or a multitude of things, but could you maybe think of one thing? Um, I think I just said it right there. Yeah. Be there for the process. Right. Like, don't. Don't sit in your office while the project's happening. You know, we, um, let me just go over what I did real quick. This is sure. a nice recap. We made the decision to do the renovation. Yep. We chose a grass. We made a plan, you know. So I went to Winstead Farms. I saw what I was buying. I didn't take it blind. That's important. I saw the field it was coming from. I took ownership in the field that I wanted. They gave me the field I wanted. Uh, made the plan with Michael. You know, we made our, our fertilization plan. We made our cultural plan. Yep. Have a plan. I guess that would be it right there. Have a plan. No matter what you're, yep. no matter what you decide to do, make sure you have a plan. Know that things are going to come up during that plan. Yeah. But stick to your plan. Stick to your first instinct of what you think you should have done. Yep. Um, I was out here with with sports turf solutions every day knew everybody on the crew ate lunch with them most days um and then just sat back and let it do what it's gonna do you yeah. know but i think the one thing and i'm glad i went over that in my own head talking it out was have a plan yeah you know and and take ownership in it and um go see your side you know show the people like for me it was a school 
you know, it was letting my boss know, hey, I'm taking Wednesday off. I'm driving down to Memphis. I'm going to go look at the sod that I'm buying, and I'll be back on Thursday. That showed the school that I was invested in this project. It wasn't just we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants, right. you know. So ask the right questions and uh, have a plan. Be, yeah. part, be part of it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, and it, goes to a lot, it goes without saying in a lot of ways, if you want something done, to be done and done right, you've got to think about everything that you're going to do, go through it, get around people that have done it, ask questions, but ultimately formulate a plan that you can, you can work off of and, and realize that that could be a moving target a lot of times. You know, there's things that you're going to have to adjust or move, but the key components of what you need to do should be there. And I think, you know, having those people in your corner that you believe in. Yeah. You know, for me, I picked the right company. You know, there, there's a multitude of companies you can pick in this area. Um, Sports Turf Solutions, Ryan, his guys, they, they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. You know, I never regretted picking them. I picked a farm. We went with Winstead. For me, it was important to go local. You know, um, yeah. I've been building a relationship with WIT. I then started building a um, – a relationship with um, Doug. 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 You know, I called him Dave earlier. I, I screwed that. Yeah, I was Doug. about to screw that one up myself. But I started building a relationship with Doug Estes. Um, I had the relationship with Michael. All the people that were involved in this project had something to lose. Yeah. Every one of them. You know, and, and they, they, t- they all took ownership in it with me. Every one of them has checked in with me. Doug's been here. Witt's been here. Um, Bobby's been here. Bobby Winstead's been here. Um, of course, Michael's been here. Ryan's come by. Everybody had something to lose in this process, yep. and nobody wanted to lose a thing. Yeah. You know, so I knew I had the right people in my corner to do it. Um, and, and so I, I, I never, while I was always worried, I never doubted. Right. There's a big difference between worrying and doubting. I never doubted we had the right, we had the right people there sure. or the right product, which Tahoma 31 is absolutely the right product. Yes, sir. Um, I think the other thing I would say is talk, talk to guys in the area. I talked to uh, Trotter over at the Sounds. Um, I talked to some other people, um, and I had some doubters in the Tahoma. And, you know, my initial thought was go with something that I know is good, which was the Latitude 36. But at the end of the day, I'm also a try-something-new yeah. kind of guy. And – I can't be a try something new kind of guy and not try the newest product on the market. Yeah. And I think it's pay- it's going to end up paying off for me. You know, this year the field will probably be worse than it's ever going to be because it's new, it's a baby, it's still working yeah. through things. I expect in, in two, three years this to hands down be the best field anybody plays on. Well, and you'll dial in everything that you need to. You'll start – to figure out what you can and can't do. Uh, it'll be way more established. It'll be resilient. I mean, there's just so many factors that'll, that make that yeah. statement true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's something to be said for – I mean, going out on a limb, that's probably a stretch to say that you went out – I mean, the grass is proven. It's done real no well. No doubt. In this area, yeah. I went out on a limb. Yeah. I, when you look at all the people that are making it happen with it, yeah. the Eagles have it. I know – the Razorbacks have it, and they got theirs from Winstead Farms. Yeah. Um, there is no doubt this is an amazing grass. So I, sure. I completely agree with that. 
in this area, it was getting a bad rap. Yeah. And, and that's why it was important to those guys at Winstead to help dial that in and yeah. let people see that something didn't go right before, but that doesn't mean it's a bad a bad product. You no, know? And, and never should be taken that way. I mean, I think that, you know, there's circumstances around every situation and whatever happened in that situation, you know, that, that can't be a reflection on what you're doing here. No. You know. And, and I was determined it would never be. Sure. And, and I, got a, um, I got a message from someone right as we were installing it, um, kind of being a smart butt about it. And I've used that as motivation. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the college football thing. You know, you let somebody put something on the bulletin board in the locker room. Well, bulletin board material. And, and they gave me bulletin board material, and I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, because that – we've had this talk. We had this talk in, in December when we did the first podcast. That's what keeps me going. Sure. You know, and um, I, I was determined not to fail. Yeah. You know, not just for the school. I mean, of course for the school, of course yeah. for the players, but – I want to prove people wrong. Yeah. I love doing that. Sure. Well, John, here, here's I'm going to kind of finish this up for us because we've been doing this uh, a little <laughs> bit, and I know your time is valuable. <laughs> but here's what I'll say is, is I'm, I'm heavily invested in the golf business, the green industry. Uh, I do a lot of things and know a lot about the golf business. But it's been my pleasure and honor to sort of do this podcast, not only with you but other sports turf people. Because I don't know as much about it. So this is an important podcast, not only to do that, but to outline kind of what you did. But in terms of the, the going out and, and trying a new grass, to doing the process that you did, to making, you know, you know sort of going against the grain, um, and also uh, making, making uh, something that was already good even better. And there's so much that can be taken in metaphors, analogies, all that we can do. But all I'm saying is, is I appreciate you kind of walking through that with me because even though I'm heavily invested in this industry and, and know a lot more than I ever did in, you know, I'm almost 25 years as a, as a golf course superintendent, uh, I still enjoy sitting down and, and talking about turf in general and seeing the product no matter what its application is. Sure. And, uh, and, man, you've done a great job. The, the process is fantastic. I encourage anybody that's listening to this to reach out to you that's looking at this process, going through the process, considering the process. Uh, you got to be a leader in, in field uh, transformation, renovation, and doing what you did because you didn't have to. I mean, and let's be honest, you didn't have to, but you did, and, and uh, it turned out to be um, – it's not a situation over here at Innsworth of keeping up with the Joneses. You are the Joneses. I mean, and, and so you, you, just, you just keep on plugging along and, and – uh, Kudos to you, my man. It looks fantastic. Appreciate it. I would encourage. I mean, I'm I'm with you. Anybody that wants to to yep. see the numbers, because of course I've kept track of all of that. You want to see the numbers? You want to know what we sprayed when we sprayed? Yep. Holler at me. Yeah. I've got it. I would love to help you. Um, anything I can do to help anybody else, especially yep. in this area, I I want I want to do that. Yep. I want to be that guy that they know they can rely on to yep. help them. And so um, just reach out, you yeah. know, and if, if anybody reach out to BJ, if you, if you don't have my number, reach out to me if you do. Um, let's get it done. Yeah. Let's, let's show people that natural grass is the way to go. Yeah, before, before we go, 
give uh, your information out and so they can get a hold of you if they listen to this. I always do this at the end, which I always tag everybody, so it's kind of cool. But your information, and then also uh, give a final shout-out to everybody that's kind of involved in this project that you want to thank, and we'll tag them okay. also when we put it out. So you can you can find me on Twitter at Klinsman underscore STM. Um, you can find our work account. Shoot, just tag that one because I can't think of it off the top of my head. At Innsworth something. Yeah, it's some, uh, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> follow me and you'll probably find it. Yeah. Um, Doug Estes and Whit Davis. Bobby Estes at um, – Bobby Winstead. Bobby Winstead. Yeah. See, I'm going to screw this up too. That's Bobby all right. Winstead, all at Winstead Farms. Guys did a phenomenal job growing this product, um, taking the time to walk me through, spend time with me over there, yep. come here, visit with us. Uh, Ryan and his boys, Ryan Moriarty. Moriarty, yep. Yep, can't say it. Sports Turf Solutions, find them. They're on Twitter, tag them. Yep. Um, Michael Brownlee, Simplot, JR Simplot Company make a fantastic product if yep. you haven't tried it call michael he will hook you up i promise yep. you um aqueduct they're not on twitter they just help with Sorry. the vows if i'm forgetting anybody yep. and i forgot somebody in our last podcast um chris Madvecki. oh yeah with um golf uh golf golf management group yeah yeah uh, lynn ray and those guys they had always sprayed for us yeah. he called me out i love chris Chris had yep. always sprayed for us before we got our own rig. Um, he called me out for not not shouting him out on that first podcast. Chris <laughs> Chris is an amazing guy. We do our own spraying now, but he's a great friend. Yeah. He also made sure he let me know that he's always been my friend, and uh, yeah. he was never a doubter of what I could do. Sure. So I want to shout him out at the end of this one. Love that guy. Um, he's been battling some sicknesses, so hopefully he gets well very soon. But – Chris, you are loved. So if you're listening to this one, you know that now. Yeah. Well, last thing before you go, I have to know why in the world do you go with cursive in the end zones on your on your uh, logos? Is it not pretty badass? It is I mean, bad. That's, so, but but, but in the day and age where we don't hardly even teach cursive anymore. That's the stencil we have. Yeah. So that's what we go with. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is the kids at this school absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, we had... We had a, a female student, which you don't expect females to get, and I don't mean that negatively sure, towards anybody. If you're going to have somebody stop and, and view it, you're expecting the football team to stop. This was a female going to swim, and she said, I am so excited y'all are putting Innsworth Tigers back in the end zones. I love it. It's beautiful. Yep. It is, I, I think it's, it's pretty awesome. The, if you ha Hopefully, BJ will post a picture of it. If you I'll haven't get a seen picture it, it's of pretty it. awesome. It's um, pretty cool, man. I you don't see cursive, you see block letters or some yeah. other form and logo, and uh, it uh, it's very creative. Uh, just another little added touch to the uh, the Ambiance wow factor and the Vinsworth. and the and the uh, overall feel you got going here. I planned on painting the entire end, end zone black and not trimming it this time. That takes a lot of paint. Yeah. And um, while I love Pioneer paint, I didn't want to pay for that much paint, yeah. so we just trimmed it this time. Well, it looks good. I mean, that black that black on orange would look pretty good too. So, we did it um, last year. No, we did the E black on orange, black with orange trim. The end zones we keep orange because in October we transition to pink. Yeah, which uh, have a special place in my heart for breast cancer awareness. Sure. So, um, 
we transition the pink, it's a lot easier to transition from orange to pink than black to pink. Yep. So that's why we keep it orange, but it would look pretty awesome uh, black. Absolutely. Well, my man, this has been fun. Appreciate you doing it. Uh, thanks again. I look forward to uh, our next time we get together and chat. And uh, you're uh, leading the race on the podcast guest. So thanks for the support that you've given no problem, me. Man. And thank uh, you. Well, uh, that's it, man. We I hope you enjoyed this conversation with John. Uh, we talked about the, the the field renovation, lots of other things. Uh, there's plenty to unpack. Uh, reach out to him if you have any questions or comments or want to talk to him. You can reach out to me as well. But um, that's it. That's the end of the episode. I appreciate you listening. That was John with uh, at Clinsman with uh, uh, he's over at the Innsworth here in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, just had a great conversation. So uh, until next time, we will talk to you soon.